This is the EWN Podcast Network. Welcome to Change, Redefining Success, the podcast designed to inspire you and give you actionable information to enhance, up-level, reimagine, and reinvent your life and your livelihood. No matter where you started, where you are now, or where you've been, you too can lead an authentic, first-class life. Each week, new stories of turning points and transformation will help you define what success means to you so you can live your best life on your terms. Now here's your host, first-class life mentor and certified Profiting From Your Passions coach, Kate Bessler. Welcome to Change, Redefining Success. I'm your host, Kate Fessler. This week, my guest is Jessica Butts. Jessica is CEO and founder of Front Seat Life, where she helps people be unapologetically who they are in their life, love, and business by understanding their innate personalities. Jessica is the author of two popular books, Live Your Life from the Front Seat and her business-focused book, Don't Do Stuff You Suck At. She's a retired psychotherapist, life and business coach, and Myers-Briggs expert. She shares her message around the country in her sassy, no-holds-barred, entertaining manner. Leaving the corporate world after 15 years to start her own company has been the hardest and most rewarding challenge of her life. As an ENFJ, Jessica thinks outside the box, leads with her heart, and is obsessively organized. She's passionate about personal development, traveling, deep connections with those in her life, and helping create ahas for her clients. Welcome, Jessica. Thank you so much, Kate. I'm thrilled to be here. You are a, quote, retired psychotherapist, which I put that in quotes because you're not what most people think of as retirement age. (laughs) That is true. What led you to become a psychotherapist in the first place? Oh, gosh, what a great question. And uh, fortunately, uh, I'll try to keep it a little bit short because it could go on for some time. Uh, I was uh, like a lot of women. I was kind of in my mid-30s. I was super, super uninspired in my life. I was working in corporate human resources. I had designed this life that just didn't work for me anymore. Um, My husband came home one day and told me he didn't want to be married to me anymore. And my life literally blew up in front of me. Um, He just, a lot of different things were going on with him and my marriage and my career just all kind of ended at the same time. And while he and I were actually in couples counseling, I thought I could really do this. Like I could be really, really good at this work. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I, again, at that very same time in my life, kind of my late mid to late thirties, um, I quit my corporate job. I just decided, Hey, this is it. Like if if I'm going to do anything for the next 40 years, I better figure it out now. So uh, I left my husband after many, many, many years of trying to make it work and counseling and whatnot. And I quit and I went back to graduate school and I literally started my entire life over. I had no money. I had nothing, but I had a dream. I had a vision uh, and I wanted to be happy. I wanted to make a difference in this world. And so that's kind of how it all started. Wow. So you had a corporate job (laughs) in human resources. So it sounds like you had some exposure to people and um, probably had a little bit of counseling within that type of career. Correct. But the, but the thing that led you to it ultimately was the marriage counseling. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, and I think 
I don't know, a lot of people get into helping industries or service industries thinking that they're going to be able to make a difference just like I did in human resources. And what it turns out for me in particular, and maybe this is different for other people, but I really was a paper pusher. Uh, I wasn't doing anything to change the world. I don't think I was even particularly helping people uh, all that much. And for me personally, I just wanted to be able to do it in my own way. I wanted to be able to say what I wanted to say. I desperately wanted to be an entrepreneur. I wanted to make my own hours and I wanted to to connect with people and make a difference. And for me, that was not happening in corporate America. So again, while my ex-husband and I were going through counseling, uh, she was fantastic, but there was moments when uh, I just thought it would be nice if she understood what we were really going through. And again, I don't actually think a therapist has to do that, but I knew that it would be helpful if she knew what I actually felt like and what he was going through, um, trying to get me back and all of those kinds of things. And so I just thought, I, I want to do this. I, I, I want to do this. And this might be a little, you know, woo woo for some people, but I actually believe that happened in my life to get me to where I am now. Like if he hadn't done that, if he hadn't had addictions, if he hadn't cheated on me, if we hadn't gone to marriage counseling, I would probably still be in a life that really wasn't all that interesting to me. Um, and now because of all of that pain and trauma and craziness, uh, I now get to do what I do, which I love. So it's, you know, it, 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 yeah, it's just a, it's an interesting life conundrum, if you will. Yeah, I love that you um, that you said that because I absolutely agree that any um, situation in your life that is where your marriage is falling apart or your job just isn't working for you or anything, it's I feel like it's an invitation. You know, it's an invitation to a new adventure, and I think that recognizing that helps you to really move forward in a very positive way. Yep. I could not agree more. And, you know, when you're in the moment, and I think this is always a good thing to remember in the helping field is when you're in the middle of it, it certainly doesn't feel like that. You know, it's a little bit like your mom trying to tell you as a teenager that, you know, right. heartbreak is, is not going to be the end of the world, but in the moment <laughs> you certainly feel like it's going to be. Yes. Um, but I think that, you know, and I, that's part of my story and part of how I help people now is I, I don't, I certainly don't have it all together still, but even in those, even in those moments, you know, it took me many, 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 many years um, to leave and to, and to sit in the pain and the discomfort. Um, and, you know, being five years out of that marriage, like I'm still healing and I'm still figuring out my worth and I'm still running my business. And um, it, it's just, we're, we're always, always a, always evolving and we're evolving from the stuff that we've gone through that makes us stronger and better people, I think. Mm-hmm. So why retired? How long did you, how long were you a psychotherapist and what, what made you decide that that really wasn't what you wanted to do? Okay. You have great questions. So I, it's so funny. I don't know if I should call myself a retired psychotherapist or former psychotherapist. So I've been playing with those two, but the reason that I left um, is because I wanted to become an entrepreneur. I wanted one of my core values and one of my always theme words is to have freedom. 
And as I became a therapist, uh, the good news was I was very, very good at it. So I had a very full practice quite quickly. And I realized I wasn't an entrepreneur at all. All I had done is created myself another J-O-B. I mean, Mm -hmm. I was tied to my desk. I was doing hours for dollars. I was exchanging time for money. Um, I didn't have any freedom. I would see 10 clients a day and come home and be out of my mind, just exhausted. Uh, I did a great job of setting boundaries, but I was just pooped. And so I, uh, I, I loved what I was doing, but it just, it couldn't sustain. I couldn't imagine doing that for as long as I could. And so I had a dear, dear friend who is a book coach and she challenged me one day. She said, why don't you take what you say every single day, one-on-one with people and write a book about it? And I cackled, I like to cackle and I cackled at her, I'm sure. (laughs) And I said, I barely passed my thesis in graduate school. I mean, I literally like barely got through that. So I thought you are crazy. Um, And then I just couldn't get it out of my head. And so I took her up on her challenge. I worked on it for two and a half years uh, and I wrote my first book and that literally changed my life. Um, I'll be honest, Kate, I put it out there and I did very little promotion because I wasn't sure if it was any good. I didn't know if anyone would like it. I thought maybe my mom would read it and that would be about it. And within a few months, it just, it kind of exploded and uh, it just, again, it kind of changed my life. And so uh, very slowly, and I would like your listeners to hear that this stuff doesn't happen overnight. Like you don't, you know, just jump into the next thing. I slowly over about an 18 month process really started to go into coaching, a coaching model, group coaching model, speaking, training, that kind of thing. And slowly got out of my hours for dollar psychotherapy practice. And I've been on that journey for about uh, three or four years now. Hmm. So as part of your practice, you are a Myers-Briggs expert. Yes, ma'am. Now I'm familiar with it and I think I'm actually an INFJ. Oh yeah. Um, But it's, it's been a while. Mm -hmm. So for people who don't know, what is Myers-Briggs? I think everyone's probably heard it, but they, you know, not everybody knows what it is. So what is it and how does it work? Yeah. So great question. And one, I I want your listeners to know this is like the tip, 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 tip of the iceberg. If they want to know more, we can talk more about that. But uh, Myers and Briggs is basically the most widely used assessment tool in the world. It was built by a mother and daughter team back in the forties. And it is now really the fundamental basis for all kind of type work. There's a lot of spinoffs of it, um, but it is the method to, in my opinion, to help people figure out their innateness. And so there is some confusion with Myers-Briggs, which makes me sad because it is such an amazing tool, but most people don't understand it. So my work is really helping people figure out who they are and be unapologetically who they are in their life, love, and their business and use it in a way that they get it. So the car analogy, which is what the book is based up on live your life from the front seat is taking some of the Myers-Briggs work and putting it into a car analogy so that people can understand it. But kind of back to your question, there are four main 
dichotomies in the Myers-Briggs and they, they, uh, they assess different parts of our personality. So the first is, uh, is uh, our energy. So introverted and extroverted. Basically, you'd have to be living under a rock to not have heard about introversion and extroversion at some point in your life. So it's, that is all about your source of energy. The second is sensing and intuition, which is much less known. And this to me is the game changer of all game changers. When people start to understand this dichotomy, it opens up a whole new view into themselves and into other people. And this is all about how we take in information, meaning do we take it in via our five senses in a very concrete, logical way? Or do we take it in via, using air quotes on a podcast, your sixth sense? Meaning, do you take things in via your energy, uh, your gut, your intuition? And so these are two very, very, very different people in this world. Hmm. Uh, thirdly, uh, is now that we've taken in all of that information via our sensing or intuition, we then make decisions. And that's what the third dichotomy is about, thinking and feeling. So to oversimplify this, thinkers make decisions with their head and feelers make decisions with their hearts. Mm -hmm. And then last but not least is the judging and perceiving dichotomy. And this one I've, I've done massive amounts of research on and have, have taken this really to a whole new level, just working with clients for as many years as I have. And this is about how you like yourself organized and how you like your world organized around you. So peas are very unorganized, kind of fly by the seat of their pants, go with the flow kinds of people. And J's, judgers, are organized, decisive decision makers, uh, get stuff done, get out of my way, my way or the highway, and sometimes very controlling people. So when you add all of those four letters up, you get what's called a whole letter type. And that type paired along with also your archetype, so I've created archetypes, uh, which is the second and the last letter, uh, you can start basically uncovering the, the world of people. You can un start un under, uh, uncovering the understanding of yourself, like putting your own oxygen mask on first and thinking like, well, this is why I'm good at this and why I'm terrible at this and don't do stuff you suck at over here. And this is where I go under extreme stress. It's just the most unbelievable tool to help you see yourself first and then how you see other people. So your clients, your spouse, your lover, your friends, your kids, uh, it is just this unbelievable tool to help people start understanding themselves and others. Do our codes change at all during our lifetime? Like, could I go from being an introvert to an extrovert over time, for example? Yeah, you have the best question. So uh, no, uh, technically our type does not change. It's what's called innate. 
meaning all of us are born with our personality type. We are born into this world exactly who we are supposed to be. But what happens is life happens. A bad teacher, our family of origin, our culture of origin, someone telling us we're stupid or fat or not interesting or you can't do that or whatever. And that happens to 100% of people. It's just life circumstances. It's marriages, it's kids, it's bad jobs. It's again, a, you know, a teacher, one teacher telling you you're stupid and it's like it shapes your whole life. So while things can change in our life, meaning life circumstances can absolutely affect our personality type. It can influence how we show up in the world, but our type does not change. And so my BHAG, my big, hairy, audacious goal in this world is to get everybody to understand their innate personality type so that they just start doing things that they're good at. So when you are born to do something and you just go through life doing that one thing, instead of trying to be well-rounded or trying to do a bunch of things that you suck at or doing what your husband tells you to do or your wife tells you to do or, or you know, your society, society tells you to do, that is an uphill battle. And so you, we can evolve in our type, meaning as we age, as we grow, as we evolve, we can enjoy, for example, an extrovert can certainly start enjoying more time alone. I would be a good example of that. As I've gotten older, I value it, I cherish it, but it doesn't mean my preference for extroversion changes. And everyone's preference innately stays the same, but our life circumstances can drastically alter that, but it's never real. So does knowing this Myers-Briggs, uh, do you call it a code or what do you call it? Uh, an assessment. <laughs> an assessment. So yeah. knowing what your, what your letters are. Letters like, are, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Your type. Um, yeah. So that can be used kind of as a roadmap for our life. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, uh, this is my work. I mean, this is exactly what I do with people is I basically, I mean, hence the book, like don't do stuff you suck at. And the, the, the positive of that is basically only do what you're good at. So I have an assessment, I have books, I have, you know, I speak, I do all these things to help people realize you have a roadmap and it's, it, it is your innate personality type. It's like a whole nother form of DNA. It's this, it's again, just like you said, it's a roadmap of if you follow this and you live your life in your front seat, at least 80% of the time, you are going to be amazed how much life is easier. You, you attract the right clients, you make more money, you attract good friends. Everything is easier because you're in flow. When you're in your backseat trying to do the things that you are not innately good at, it's like pushing a boulder up a hill for 20 years. It's exhausting. It's, it's, it's debilitating. Uh, and this is where I have witnessed the majority of my clients come to me is because we're shoved into these boxes that we don't necessarily fit into. Well, I remember from my time in corporate America mm -hmm. that they always wanted to focus on your weaknesses. 
and make you, as you said before, well-rounded because of course we can't possibly let you do the thing you're good at. (laughs) It's so, it's just such archaic thinking. And I, you know, Kate, I have to say when I get, I, you know, I speak at companies kind of all over the country and I do these trainings and I am always so unbelievable. I mean, I warn them. I basically tell them, I'm going to tell you exactly what your people should be doing. And if you're not okay with that, don't hire me. And I am so excited for when these companies want the best out of their employees. I mean, it's such a win-win. They're getting the best. They get happy employees. Therefore, they make more money. I mean, again, it's just a win-win. It makes so much more sense. I love the name of your business, Front Seat Life. I think the idea is the same as my business, First Class Life Solutions. Yes. It's all about having people get clarity about what they really want, define what success means to them, and to live their best life, regardless of what everyone else thinks they should be doing, right? Boom. Done and done. Yes, ma'am. Yes. So tell me about your book. You alluded to this earlier. Live your life from the front seat. Yeah. So- you were inspired to write it by sort of a challenge. Yeah. <laughs> um, but for whom were, did you write it? Yeah. A lot of your same clients, Kate. I mean, what you just described is very much the people that I work with. So, you know, I was this, I wrote it for myself. Like, let's get real. The reason we do the work that we do is because we are our ideal clients. I was lost. I was stuck. I was being stifled in a marriage that wasn't right for me. I was, I had lost myself. I was totally uninspired in my business. I, I was, you know, I was quickly getting overweight. I was drinking too much. I was eating too much. I was doing all of the avoidance text techniques other than dealing with what was going on. And I truly believe that the universe just brought me you know, this mess with my husband or my ex-husband because I wasn't probably going to deal with it myself. And so the ideal client was me, somebody who is probably, you know, midlife. They have lost themselves in their job. They have lost themselves in their marriage. They have definitely lost themselves in raising children. They do have absolutely no idea what they want. They don't know what expectations are. They are so unbelievably codependent usually. Um, They've given everything to everybody else. They don't know how to stay on their side of the net. And uh, they're, they're just sick of it. They're ready for a change. And so sometimes that shows up like depression. It will show up as anxiety. It shows up as sadness. It shows up as guilt. Um, definitely shows up as being uninspired. And um, yeah, so those, that's what I wrote the book for. And now I primarily work with entrepreneurs, although that's shifting a little bit again. Um, because I love, love, love helping entrepreneurs run their businesses based on their personality type and then figuring out like what they're good at, where they need help, who their ideal clients are. Um, but none of that can happen when we don't know who we are. So the next book is going to be called Love Me for Who I Am. Uh, mm. And that's going to go back to my therapy roots because I was a couples therapist and I loved that work. And oh, Kate, it just makes me teary thinking about how much I enjoyed watching couples have these ahas of this is why we're having trouble communicating. This is why you don't see things the way that I see them. And instead of pathologizing each other or getting mad at each other, being able to start communicating about it in a way using type language saying, 
you know, this, I'm this way, own oxygen mask on. And now let me understand who you are so that we can be in better relationship. You mentioned that you do a lot of work with entrepreneurs and your second book is yeah. more business focused. Yes. But yes. I think the title is good advice for all aspects of life. <laughs> Don't do stuff you suck at. Yes. Tell yes. me about that one. Yeah. So my business has really uh, morphed through the years. Um, it's been a fun process. I'm actually getting ready to kind of change into some other work too. But um, at when, again, I wrote the first book really for life because we are our business, all entrepreneurs, we are our business. We got to get our own stuff together first. And so that was the first book. And again, as I started morphing into this work, I realized there are so many entrepreneurs that have absolutely no idea how to run their businesses. There's a lot of creative, what are called NPs, and I, my archetype for them is the squirrel. They have lots and lots and lots and lots of ideas, but they have a lot of, a lot of trouble following through on those ideas. And as I started doing more research and seeing this, I, I mean, I'm very woman empowered. I want women to, to, to change the world, to be a good role model for their family, to make their spouses happy and proud, to make themselves happy and proud, to be a good work ethic for their children. Like I'm just very passionate about that. And I was watching so many female entrepreneurs treating their businesses like hobbies. They had absolutely no idea what they were doing. They were trying to copy everybody else. They had no system structure, singular focus. And so I really whipped out my super strong J and talked to these people in this book, Don't Do Stuff You Suck At, about not only personality type, not only mindset, but then system structure and singular focus. So all of my books are three categories. Who are you? which is all about that type stuff. Uh, where are you going? What's your mindset? Where's your vision? Where are your dreams? Getting super crystal clear about what that looks like. Um, and then last is how are you going to get there? And the majority of the people that I work with have the biggest trouble there, which is taking action, taking decisive, consistent action, being true to your word, um, getting yourself out there on a consistent basis through system structure and singular focus. So um, I, I really created that book for entrepreneurs because of those things that I've witnessed as some of their biggest issues. Mm. You are passionate about traveling. I am. I love it. <laughs> What's the most interesting or favorite place you've been? Oh, well, my favorite place is Maui. Uh, everybody, I believe, has a soul place on this earth. And when you go there, you're like, oh, this is like where my soul is supposed to be. That is definitely my place for that. Uh, but the, by far the most interesting place uh, was Bali, Indonesia. Hmm. Uh, we, my ex-husband and I took a very long trip there and... Um, yeah, just, uh, and I was young. And so it was a very eye-opening experience as to how other people live completely different cultures, how happy they are with so, so, so little. Um, I think that was a wonderful thing for me to see and many young people to go into countries and cultures like that and see how they live. So that was by far the most interesting place that I've ever been. I personally believe that travel is essential, 
um, because we need to get out of our bubble. And like you said, we need to see that other people don't live the way we do and that there are lots of other ways to do things and to create your life. And it definitely opens up possibilities, I think, when you're aware that, hey, this isn't the only way. Yep, yep. Yeah, absolutely. And again, I think just for us as adults, but what a powerful, I've got this wonderful friend who brings her very young children kind of all over the world with her and her husband. And I just imagine what um, just altruistic, open-minded, wonderful human beings they're going to be partially because of this travel that they get to do and all these different cultures that they get to see and, and knowing that our little suburban bubble and, you know, white class America is certainly, you know, not the norm out there in the big, in the big world. So yes, I agree with you. What's on your bucket list? Where haven't you been that you want to go? Oh girl, there's so many places. Um, I would love to just get like down and dirty over in Europe, like just go crazy. Um, I have heard that uh, Ethiopia, not Ethiopia, um, um, uh, what I'm drawing a blank. Um, Vietnam, thank you. Uh, Vietnam is spectacularly beautiful. And so uh, there, Thailand and just some outskirts, little itty bitty places kind of over in Europe. Oh, and Australia. <laughs> I got some work to do. And if I'm in Australia, I got to go over to New Zealand. So I got well, I'm yeah. all over the world. I've got a few places I'm dying to go to. We're at the point in the program where I have to ask you, yeah. what is one book or resource besides your own that changed your life that you would recommend to people? I cannot come up with one. So I'm going to give a couple. Okay. Uh, first and foremost, Codependent No More by Melody Beattie. Uh, If you don't think you're codependent, you probably are. And I would suggest reading it. It is an absolute game changer for people to just start staying on their side of the net. Um, The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks is just a beautiful, beautiful piece of work to help us figure out why we are stuck. Uh, Jeff Olson, The Slight Edge. Uh, about what who what makes a five percenter a five percenter and makes you different and how to stand out and get stuff done um, and then probably last but not least for sure is Danielle Laporte's first book which is actually not her most famous book um, it's called the Firestarter Sessions she has a more famous book the Desire Map and I actually don't think it's nearly as good um, and so I I would say the Firestarter Sessions by Daniel Laporte and I probably have 10,000 other books. I'm a crazy reader. So uh, yeah, those. Ooh, and You Are a Badass by Jen Sinero. Ooh, that's a good one too. (laughs) Jessica, how do you personally define success for yourself? Ooh, you're good at this. Uh, So I'm, I'm diligent about uh, maintaining a couple things in my life. One is core values. So if I am meeting and completing on a daily, weekly, monthly, yearly, decade basis, maintaining my core values, that is absolutely success to me. Uh, core values for me are freedom, authenticity, to be able to inspire others and be inspired by other people. Um, to be able to show up and be powerful, um, and then just always, always be in service to other people with love. 
And so if I can, and they're written, you know, in my kitchen, I see them every single day. And as a reminder, if I am living those values, um, I will be successful. Uh, and then the other thing to me that which defines success is uh, I am crazy diligent about keeping 90 day goals. So as a big picture person and I have a vision board, I mean, I do all the stuff, you know, I've got the vision board, but what creates the vision board is the 90 day goals. And I've got a spreadsheet that I'm, you know, very clear on with all of my clients on keeping up and I do that myself. And so uh, it's very, it's an easy way to make sure that I personally am being successful. And part of that uh, finishing those goals um, is, is being in val or is being in integrity uh, with my word. And if I say I'm going to do those, those things and when I complete them, that's success to me. If people want to find out more about you and your work, how can they do that? Uh, yeah, my website is fabulous. Uh, they're actually working on it right now to make it even more fabulous. And I can't, I can say that because I can't take any credit. <laughs> I have this amazing <laughs> team who does it. Uh, but it's called jessicabutts.com and it's B-U-T-T-S. And the first place to start with all of this is take the free assessment on my website. I built a a beautiful free assessment. It's easy, it's fun, it's engaging, and then it will tell you at the end by uh, assessed personality type for you. Um, and it even shows you your best self, your second best self, your drunk uncle and your baby in the backseat, <laughs> the things that you're awesome at, the things that you suck at. Uh, and that's a, you know, that is absolutely the best way to kind of stay in contact with me. Uh, you'll get on my list and you'll find out all the, the things going on um, in Front Seat Life world. Presumably your books are available on Amazon? Absolutely, both of them. So I have two books, Live Your Life from the Front Seat and Don't Do Stuff You Suck At. And I also have a really brilliant, and I can say that because I'm using it and I'm obsessed with it. I have a really, really, really amazing journal uh, called Be Unapologetically Who You Are. And if you just type in Jessica Butts, all three of those things will come up. But don't just type in butts because then bad things <laughs> So what's next for Jessica Butts? Oh, good heavens. Uh, I am starting my own podcast. I guess Yay. that's what's next. So two things, two big things are next. I'm starting my own podcast. Um, and then I am getting ready to really, really sit down and start the writing process of my next book. So uh, I am a, I, I'm quite a processor. I, I spend about six months or longer really putting things together in my head. I'm a very big picture person. I have notes all over the place. I've got notes in my phone. Um, and next week I'm really sitting down with my book editor to um, start the process. So next book and a podcast. So I am a busy girl. So interesting that the original challenge to write the book, you were pretty much like, no, I can't do that. And now it feels like you kind of like it. I love it. I love <laughs> it because it's a, it's a way to make the impact in the world that I want to, to make. I mean, if you're not interested in it, that's perfectly okay as well. But uh, I spend a lot of money, a lot of time and a lot of energy writing a good book so that people get good content. Um, and it, it has become a, a really amazing avenue. Not, you know, if anybody's interested in writing a book, I would say this too, is that it's almost not even about the end result. It's about getting clear about what you believe in. 
it's getting clearer about your own point of view. And so I, I have be, I have started to enjoy the process because it gives me personally as an entrepreneur and a CEO, great clarity on what my message is. Cause if I'm going to write 225 pages about it, I got to get really clear. Well said. <laughs> Retired, retired yes. psychotherapist, <laughs> life and business coach, Myers-Briggs expert and author of the books, Live Your Life from the Front Seat and Don't Do Stuff You Suck At, Jessica Buds. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you so much. This was lovely. Thanks for joining us. This is the EWN Podcast Network. Do you feel like you're drowning in administrivia? Do you have a podcast you would like transcribed to repurpose as a blog or even a best-selling book? Rhonda's Virtual Office is the answer to the freedom you crave so you can get busy doing what you love. Let Rhonda's Virtual Office give you the relief you need. Visit rondasvirtualoffice.com and get some peace of mind today. Rhonda's Virtual Office is the go-to transcription service for EWN Podcast Network. Thanks for joining us. Back now with your host, Kate Fessler. Such good stuff. Jessica and I are completely aligned in our belief that each individual has a unique and brilliant purpose. And then in order to live life in the front seat, as she calls it, or an authentic first-class life, as I call it, we need to be unapologetically who we are and continually evolve into who we are meant to be in the world. But first, we have to cut through all the noise of who we were taught we were supposed to be and get back in touch with who we really are at our core and what we have to contribute that's uniquely ours. If you have something to add to the conversation, please leave a comment on my Facebook page, First Class Life Solutions. If you have an inspiring story that you'd like to share on this podcast, please click on the link on the show page and fill out the survey. If it seems like a good fit, I'll be in touch. If you enjoyed this podcast, please give it a rating on iTunes or wherever you listen. Please follow the show to be reminded of upcoming episodes and please tell your friends. Jessica's definition of success is to be an integrity. So today I'll leave you with a prayer from Julia Cameron's book, Prayers to the Great Creator, Prayers and Declarations for a Meaningful Life, entitled, My Heart Holds Integrity. I love integrity. I am authentic in my responses to people and events. I respond with dignity and courage from a core belief that I am worthy. My values are worthwhile. My principles are shaped by my inner knowing, not by my external circumstances. I bring to the changing flow of life events and inner steadiness, an inner compass. I am whole and unified in my body, mind, and spirit. My integrity is natural. I hope you'll join me next week for another inspiring interview with a woman who has redefined success and found her true path. Until then, cheers to your authentic first-class life. I'm Kate Bessler. Thanks for listening to Change, Redefining Success. EWN Podcast Network.